This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Everybody and welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to all the fathers out there. And let me rephrase that. I got to rephrase that. All of the great fathers out there that are doing their thing, that are raising their kids to the best of their ability, that are helping to make them become the best that they can be of whatever they want to do or want to be. And I want to give a big shout out because today is Father's Day and it needs to be celebrated hugely more than ever because especially in the black community, uh, fathers don't get enough credit out there and they have been bad mouthed and damned for years. But now we're we're finally coming into terms that there are great fathers out there everywhere. You know, the, the father title has been given a bad rep for quite some time. And, you know, we need to we need to give credit where credit is due to all those who are really doing it out there. So shout out to all you and uh, keep it going and keep it moving and help to keep this generation growing and improving. So shout out to all you out there. The mothers, of course, as always. But, you know, this is Father's Day, so it's all about y'all. So today on our show. This is going to be a very interesting show, if not an important show, because we're going to review in our talk topic today, Spike Lee's newest movie on Netflix. And dare I say a masterpiece, dare I say one of the best movies I've seen this year so far, The Five Bloods. And I'm going to warn people now, if you haven't seen the promos um, that are out on social media right now, if you you know, I don't know if your kid is listening to my show. If you're a kid, I'm warning you now. Once that segment comes in, I'm going to be talking about a lot of really graphic, 
things that happened in this movie. This is not really for kids. Isn't that the show is never really technically for kids. I mean, I speak a lot of things that kids of a certain demographic and age are into, but and granted, anime is no you know picnic either but this is going to cover some real situations based on some real life situations it's a fictional narrative but it's based upon a time and era that is very relevant to what's going on today and it does beg the question uh questions that goes on today as well for instance has anything changed but we're going to talk about the all of that during the last segment so i will warn you again we will be talking about some very graphic things that are that have gone on during the film because they're real it's not like talking about mortal Kombat, which is violent and gruesome but it's like so cartoony in a sense um it's not like talking about anime which is also very gruesome in some case depending on which anime you look at this is some real stuff and also followed by some real issues that is very very relevant and home hitting to what's going on today so we're going to talk about that but we also of course have some news to talk about in the world of our favorite fandom so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so to start everything off, I do have some sad news uh, when it pertains to here in Philadelphia and involves something that I have been a part of for the last two years in a big way, and that is Keystone Comic Con. I've been talking about this like crazy, and we've talked about this from time to time and, you know, announced the ongoing process of them having our third annual comic book convention here, which is now becoming one of the biggest comic book conventions in our city uh which was uh put together by the great folks at repop well after months and months of fighting and trying their best to make this happen even you know to try to you know weather the storm of COVID 19 and now even the events of the black lives matter movement it is to my unfortunate announcement that I have to say that they are canceling Keystone Comic Con 2020. However, however, I think it's the right decision to make. I thought it was the most honorable decision to make during a situation. It's one thing to deal with COVID-19 and everything that's going on here. And even though we're opening up and I think we're going to go uh, green status at, by the end of this month. I don't know how well that's going to be because people are still getting uh, being contracted. D.L. Hughley just fainted during a stand-up, and I still wonder why he did a stand-up, you know, and in, in, in the studio and everything. But he fell, you know, and fainted and passed out on stage, and followed by a video that he, you know, uh, put in saying that he is now contracted COVID-19 uh he's asymptomatic but he didn't feel any of the same symptoms but he passed out so he's now in quarantine for 14 days so this thing is still going on uh so I don't blame them for you know that alone they were trying to weather that storm 
but then you got the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know we're still fighting for our equality, and that just that just turned the volume up astronomically, insanely, to the point that like by the time August comes, and we're getting so close to August now, it's like been a few days and a few like weeks or so, it's going to be July. Everything is just at this point in time. You combine those two. It's impossible for anybody to handle. And for that, you know, I commend them for making that decision. It's just it's just too much going on right now. And um, I mean, it just means that we won't have it much like any other ones. But luckily, and the good part is I was uh, contacted by some of the people that I've worked with within that company, uh, the Repop uh, company, because, as you know, I've worked with them. I've uh, done a few panels. I've helped them liaison a few guests there um, for the last past two years. And, you know, we had a we have a great partnership and relationship uh, here at uh, Talk Time Live in uh, Repop. So they've already contacted us. They contacted me specifically and uh, talked to one of the uh, people behind it that I know and I've been talking with. And they have absolutely told me that they will be doing this in 2021 they will do it all over again the third annual will come back in 2021 but also i will be a part of that as well so you know that's all great i just want to make sure that me personally and a lot of other people within my community make it to that point safely and that's all that matters to me right now i appreciate what they've done and what they've been doing and all the hard work that they've been doing to put this together and all the hard work that they constantly have done since day one and that right there is something that i feel that a lot of fans don't think about there's uh, there's so many people that think about themselves and house and, and and become very entitled to feel that they deserve what they give and i feel like honestly i'm be honest here i don't feel like everybody deserves what they provide yes they you're giving them their money to get an experience but they work their asses off i can't even tell you what they went through last year to do what they did and to get tom holland and, and all those um in there to make that one of the most memorable experience that people had and to that I think there's there's some people, uh, quite a few people that I feel like don't deserve to get what they've provided. But with that said, it's not my decision. It's you know it's this is this is a consumer based company. They give the money, they give it. But you at the same time, I do feel like as fans, myself included, even with if I wasn't working with them, you still gotta really respect what everybody does to put these type of events together and i can tell you that from knowing them some a lot of them personally and being behind the scenes of it it's a lot of work events planning is a lot of even before i even knew those guys i used to work for uh the alzheimer's association we done fundraisers for years and that process i've worked for them for 10 years so i understand that whole entire process of putting together a huge fundraiser to make sure that fundraiser works out and make sure that we could get as much money as possible to help out other people. So I know even before I even work with them, how this works and what type of uh, what goes into it from January 
on to September, October, November when these dates are made. It's a huge deal and a huge process that everybody has to. So I tell you this, for those who constantly cry and whine about what they want and stuff, take time out to think about what they go through to get this and it you got to make calls you got to hope that you could get the people that you could get you got to hope that you know we can get the promotions out there and there's so many different parts to make the whole experience to this that you guys need to understand and respect and if you were in that same position i guarantee you you would think differently of how you think right now so with that said thank you to all of the crew, MK, uh, Betty, Eddie, Corin, uh, Stephanie, like you name, like I- I'm missing people, and I'm apologize for missing them. But um, there's a lot of people that I've met in that crew that just are awesome, and I mean awesome. They put a lot, not only just for that, but for even giving me opportunity to do what I do, and people like me. And I think that's not, you know, before this whole entire Black Lives Matter movement came and I I can't say that it just came like it just came out of the blue. Black Lives Matter movement has been uh, around for some years now. It's just now being strengthened to a higher level. But even before all of this that has happened recently, these unfortunate situations, the people at Repop have extended their hand to provide really great cool opportunities for people like me to do what I do and I really couldn't thank them enough you know I really couldn't thank them enough because it wasn't based and I know when things are based on like we need some type of you know we need some token representation or whatever no it wasn't like that because they they asked they invited plenty of different figures in the world like of all different uh, varieties and that was not they've been on that kick before all of this happened and i really appreciated that and i still do and and that's why i enjoy you know working with them like i do so um you know again keystone comic-con 2021 it'll be here hopefully we will all be here to enjoy it all but let's take the time to thank them for what they've done now so that's all i want to say about that to be honest i mean it is what it is right now and um you know the sun will shine again you know i i I, you know what i honestly i i really am wondering about certain other conventions and events that have uh been affected by this i have reason to believe that there's going to be a lot of people you know the smaller cons at best that are going to be uh that are not going to have their con next year uh some of them is going to be sad others is i'm like yeah some of them well this was a long time coming based on some of the thing people i know if that happens but um that's a whole other story for another time but it's just sad the times are sad right now we are going through so much i am hoping to see the light of day uh i i I can't wait till 2020 is over and i hope and again i hope we all make it out um you know that's i'm just gonna leave it at that so let's switch on to some other news here um marvel marvel comics uh specifically has announced that they have acquired what they acquired just quite a while ago but they announced a while back that they've acquired the rights to ultraman the japanese 
hero icon or iconic hero for that matter uh, that we've all known to love i love that some of the articles have said robotic hero i'm like he's not a robot uh ultraman is a human i i forgot to i, I gotta go back and figure out but i know he's not a robot uh, he's a alien that's inhabited a human that gives the ability to grow into a giant that can fight you know kaiju or kaiju giant monsters or whatever um but nonetheless and i know there are different versions of ultraman out there and especially uh one of my favorites is the netflix anime 3d an- uh animated series um or anime series that has come out uh i think a couple years ago that i absolutely love i might actually watch it again it was one of my favorites uh that and the one that uh fox for kids used to have because they used to dub the uh they did a dubbing for that series and the writing and adr was hilarious some some of the jokes that they had was so funny on there but um marvel is now you know taking the helm for ultraman and uh we got a chance to see the first issue which will be premiering on uh september which is entitled the rise of ultraman the announcement came with the first look of a variant cover which was illustrated by none other or painted i should say by none other than the legendary alex ross himself uh according to marvel.com storytelling masters kyle higgins who is uh the man behind uh mighty Morphin power rangers and winter soldier and matt groom which uh he was behind the uh series self-made uh was uh, will come together with superstar artist francesco manna who's behind avengers and fantastic four michael cho who has done captain america and guru hito who does the unstoppable wasp uh will take fans back into the days of darkness where the terrifying kaiju lork uh i guess that's an era uh, we're not kaiju of course is the giant monsters uh when these unfathomable monsters threaten all life as we know it the on the only thing that's standing in their way is the united science patrol who are these enigmatic defenders who and how they how do they perform their miracles shin uh hayata and kiki uh fuji has spent uh half their lives trying to find out and their quest is about to drive them towards a decade old dark secret and put them in a collision course with a mysterious warrior from their uh from beyond the stars so that is going to be the story and narrative for the book there the question lies whether this will tie in with the marvel universe and i believe so because there's another variant cover out there and um thanks to our acmg member himene uh who posted this on our group which has a picture of uh spider-man on the shoulder of a giant ultraman in, in his giant form it's really cool i don't know who illustrated the this one but it looks awesome so and it's an it is another variant cover in there so it looks to be that they're going to have various variant covers uh i'm looking forward to this i am a fan of uh of ultraman i know my man rich uh who's on my uh acmg facebook group he's an old school dude and uh he definitely has been a fan of ultraman forever he is a huge fan of the old series so 
definitely looking forward to seeing that and seeing how they're going to do it. And looks like they're going to pay, do it respectfully to the nature of the actual series as well. So how that's going to, you know, assimilate into the Marvel, um, the Marvel Comics universe, that's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So it's coming out as the first issue is coming out of September, which also means that they're still doing a good job of coming out with new issues as well, except for the fact I don't know what happened with Spider-Woman. I've been dying to look out for uh, Spider-Woman and I haven't seen a new issue yet. I don't know if it's been digitally... Uh, I had checked on Cosmic... Uh, Cosmic... Uh, what is it? Comicsology. I've checked on the Marvel apps. I have not seen this, a second issue on it yet. And it, I was really intrigued because I love the new character design of uh, Spider-Woman and what they were doing with the series. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll get back on track with all that uh, down the line. But things... Like I said, things are starting to open up. So maybe uh, they'll get back on a production of things. So we'll see. Speaking of Spider-Man... We got new details on Spider-Man Miles Morales, the game that is coming out for the PlayStation 5 and still not sure whether it's coming out for the PlayStation 4 yet. I have reason to believe that it shall come out. It should come out for the PlayStation 4. It did say that it was coming out holiday season. And if that they, with the fact that they didn't announce when the PlayStation 5 is coming out, it leads me to believe that it will be out on PlayStation 4 and also on PlayStation 5. But that could still mean that PlayStation 5 will be out, could be out in a new year. So we will see. We will see from there. But we got some notes from uh, this from a uh, what is, on Instagram from a post from Looper. I believe I'm not sure what that is. I've never heard of that, but they got information that said uh, the following notes for Spider-Man Miles Morales. It will take place year a year after the first game, so it is connected during winter time, uh, right before the holiday break. So this is talking about Miles being in school at the time, and uh, that situation is going. Miles uh, Morales' new home is in Harlem which is also the home of Luke Cage. So I just want to put that out right there. Um, and it is the heart of the battle between the energy corruption and a high tech criminal army that is going to be invading. I can't think of any army like that. There's a ton of different armies like that on uh, Marvel. It could be aim. It could be anybody for that matter. A high tech criminal army. That does sound like aim. So we don't know what that's going to lead to. Um, it will feature a story, a uh, full story arc with Miles, meaning it is all him. We all kind of knew that, hence the name of the uh, game. But similar to Uncharted Lost of Legacy in terms of scope. So never played the uh, the Uncharted games, but I'm assuming that it means that it's going to be a open world type of experience, I guess. I'm not really sure on that note. Um, it will have it will show off near instant loading. 3D audio. Okay, this definitely is PlayStation 5 because that's all of the features from PlayStation 5. Ray tracing and dual sense control uh, controller features. Uh, 4D scan and improved skin shading will make uh, characters look more realistic. Definitely a PlayStation 5 feature. The city asset, the city's assets have been updated to take advantage of the PlayStation 5's power. Peter Parker will still be a character in the game, but it will focus on Miles Morales' story. That, of course, we also knew as well. Uh, so 
there you have it as the moment that's what we're getting which is still a good nice little amount of detail of what's going to happen a little bit on the narrative and the fact that uh he's going to be a harlem is going to be i i the fact that he's going to be a harlem i believe that i feel like there's going to be we're going to see possibly a defenders cameo in this it could be luke cage or it possibly could be uh, jessica jones i believe she's within that area as well so that's going to be interesting Eh, going to be interesting indeed looking forward to it so um in other news this is unfortunate but not surprising more marvel news here in the form of marvel studios marvel studios has decided to cancel the new warrior show before it even got off the ground this is now added to the list of canceled MCU series, such as The Defenders on Netflix, um, which consisted of Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, which should have never been canceled, and Jessica Jones. Uh, this also includes Cloak and Dagger and The Runaways, which was on Freeform, Ghost Rider, which also never got off the ground. Now, I'm really mad about that because I was looking forward to them doing that one. Uh, Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler, which were all slated for Hulu, which were all which was all a part of the the phase four of this process that we were going to see, which was after which is set after uh, the events of the Infinity Saga. That series all uh, that series at this time is still up in the air uh as far as um well not even not that one i was referring to the modark series but um kevin beagle who is one of the people behind scrubs and cougar town which are two of my favorite shows at the time and he created he was the creator enlisted i like that show but i knew that show somehow wasn't gonna last it was on fox and I somehow I just something about it just like this show is interesting, but I had a feeling it wasn't going to last and it didn't. Um, not only that, he tweeted about Beagle actually tweeted about some ideas for the show for the New Mutants, which was going to include a live action debut of Modoc, which is the uh, high intelligent robot that they that uh, was created in AIM. And it wound up becoming the leader of AIM, for that matter. Um, and it was going to be featuring the voice of Keith David, of all people. So that would have been interesting. Uh, and, and another thing that was interesting is that how he described the situation. And it almost feels like that the New Warriors TV show was going to be a comedy. And considering that it is Kevin Beagle and his list of shows that he's done, that this was in fact going to be a comedy and he how he described that he was laughing at the idea that keith david was going to play mordark and what he was going to be doing and saying in this case i kind of see why they probably would have canceled this because i don't know if i want to i've read i used to read the new warriors books and i kind of feel like i don't know if i would want that to be in the comical narrative in a sense so i'm i'm a little bit i'm gonna gear towards i'm glad that they kind of did in a sense with that but seeing modok for the first time would have been interesting it depends on who would have created him and how they would have worked him um i do want to note, and i mentioned this before because i think i got my notes mixed up that what's still up in the air is actually the modok animated series that uh Patton oswald was supposed to be uh working on uh, which is still planned for Hulu. So that's still up in the air. And it's an animated series. We'll see what's going to happen with that. So 
Ah, folks, that is all the news I have for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and have a really deep discussion about Spike Lee's newest movie on Netflix, The Five Bloods. And again, this is going to be a very deep, detailed about a lot of things that is going on with this in accordance to what's going on in the real world. So again, kids, be prepared. Uh, and parents, if you're if you know your kids are listening to this, please viewer uh, listener discretion advice. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll get back to on the talk topic right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of the five bloods or the five bloods. I need to point that out and specify that uh, this is Spike Lee's newest and finest I don't want to say greatest because he has so many. You got to compare all of his movies and really put it together. It's hard to really narrow down what is Spike Lee's best because he's done so well. But this is I, I'm going to just say this is the one of his finest masterpieces movies to date. Um, the man is just he he's he's a revolution in the industry. Uh, he is a master of that industry in, in, in ways that we can't even fathom to tell a great story, to see it visually in the way that we should see it. It is just awesome. Uh, why he hasn't, I mean, he's gotten an Oscar finally, but, uh, he deserves way more. He should have gotten one ages ago, but he is back. And I think he may be up for another one after this, because this is it was at the right time. It's the right feel at the right moment. And while everybody outside of our community is trying to figure out and learn more about all of the atrocities that has happened through us through years, whether in some form or fashion, in particular, this one, you're going to learn it a lot here. And they give you a great narrative to follow up with some great characters to follow up with, too. Uh, this was written by Danny Bilson, Paul DeMeo. Kevin Wiltmont and Spike Lee himself and starring some really, really classy guys who I think deserves to get this chance to do it. And they, they were awesome. Delroy Lindo uh, plays Paul. Jonathan Majors plays his son, David. Clark Peters plays Otis, a very, very uh, endearing character here. Norm Lewis plays Eddie and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Melvin. Let me tell you. I've seen this 
actor, this man, playing so along with Delroy Lindo, playing so many great movies and TV shows in just small roles or, or you know significant roles. This is the first time, not Delroy Lindo in a sense, but in a sense of Isaiah Whitlock, this is the uh, junior. This is the first time I've really seen him in such a pivotal role. I, I don't recall. I've seen him in so many things. Um, I don't recall ever seeing him in a role of this magnitude. And he did phenomenal. This was it was a well-deserved role for him. I thought he was awesome. All of them were awesome. Uh, Delroy Lindo, more than anything, I think I stuck on the most. Along, and I probably say uh, followed by actually all of them were significant in their own way because all of them had some really great character development and you really cared about them you really stuck on they did a great job making you care about the trial and tribulations and the situations and the trauma that they went through during this war and what is done to them and how it's affected them especially when it comes to uh delroy's character of paul it's Plain and simple, it was just fantastic. The story, well, I'll get back to the characters and what I felt about them uh, in a minute. But the story takes uh, talks about four African-American veterans from the Vietnam War returned to Vietnam decades after the war to find uh, their squad leader, Storm and Norman, who is played by none other than Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman, and a stash of berry gold that was placed by them that long ago they're coming back to retrieve the gold and the remains but not without any situations among themselves and other threats as well so let's go back to the characters here and uh man i am so i was you know i'm a big fan when it when it whether it's video games whether it's anime whether it's comics whether it's movies what appeals to me more than ever it's not just the art when it, well with anime and video games and comics is art, but also character development. You have to have that. When it comes to movies, they got to draw you in. Uh, they have to draw you in, and I think every person of the main cast did phenomenal. So let's start with Delroy. Delroy, of course, was like possibly the, I guess the man, the second man in charge next to Storm and Norman. Uh, if anything falls out, he's the guy that leads, but he has come under some P, uh, PTSD situations uh, that has haunted him for decades. We don't understand why it happened until later on, way later on in the film. And we'll talk about that a little bit there as well. Uh, we also have Jonathan Majors, who plays his son. This is a guy I've never seen before. I'm sure he's played in a lot of great movies, uh, uh, movies that I have not seen, unfortunately, but he had his chance to shine majorly here with this Netflix movie that was done by Spike Lee. He was awesome. He plays his son. Dude is swole like crazy, first of all. Second of all, I feel like he channeled his inner and, and you know what's funny? I'm going to say this right now. And then after reading what I've read in IMDb, it all makes sense. Um he i felt like he was channeling his inner denzel washington and there are times where you could hear and feel the denzel come out of this dude and some of the things that he says and some of the um scenes that he does and i find out later of something uh that i found out that uh what is it saying here that all of the people that were involved in this movie i believe may have not been actually 
picked to be in this movie. In fact, the original people, I don't know whether this is true or not, uh, that was said to be on here was uh, some of our favorites, actually. Uh, Let me see. What did they do here? I know Samuel L. Jackson was one of them. Denzel was another. Um, Where is the information on that? Because I just saw it. But there was a few others that were supposed to be on here that, you know, due to scheduling issues, they weren't able to be on this in this movie. And lo and behold, it comes to find out that they were like Denzel was was planned to be in this movie, but didn't. So it makes sense that um, the character of David was, you know, portrayed almost like Denzel Washington in a sense. Uh, Clark Peters, who played Otis uh was really well done he's kind of the peacemaker of the one he was the one that really kind of advocated into storm and norman's philosophy storm and norman you know of course we'll talk about him in a minute but storm and norman was the was the leader of the group and he was the pillar of the group at the time but um you know he was one of the biggest advocates of storm and norman's philosophy which was kind of in between you know Malcolm and Martin in a sense he took he kind of like was he kind of Bruce Lee and took both of their philosophies kind of morphed them into one and made it to one little situation and you know he kind of felt like the character that had it all figured out Otis also I believe was the medic of the crew as well in here and there is a situation that falls that leads into some discoveries in his journey back in Vietnam so you know he his situation plays into a really interesting part in this series as well. Norm Lewis as Eddie plays a character who, uh, you know, he's a part of the crew, but he apparently out of all of them, he was the one that kind of really shined the most. He made it the most. He, after Vietnam, he managed to make a lot of businesses, uh, you know, within, and he, you know, so much so that he ended up owning a black card. And if any of you know, if you own a black credit card, like a black Amex, that's like the, that's when you're saying that you're loaded. Anybody who owns a black, uh, black Amex card is regardless, like you're owning millions. So he owned a bunch of companies. He owned a bunch of, um, you know, franchises or whatever, uh, car dealerships. And he decided he was, he kind of forked over the money to put in to this entire trip and everything to go with him to retrieve the remains and everything else. Um, so that right there was an interesting thing, but we find out some other things later on that he has revealed as well. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. plays Melvin. Um, you learn about him the most. He's kind of also kind of the person in the group that is kind of he's the reasonable guy. He he doesn't step, you know, he doesn't, you know, really step on anybody's shoes or whatnot in, uh, unless it needs be. But when the time comes, he's always there. He protects, you know, them. He's 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 the ride or die, literally the ride or die guy. And who's also wanted to keep everybody together regardless of the situations that they went into as well so uh the initial group was also cool uh you had johnny nguyen who played uh the character vin tran who was i believe the embassy their embassy guy uh their embassy uh escort if you will and was able to give them the grand tour of where everything is and 
he why he winds up getting in a mix of everything with him from from the get-go my biggest surprise here my biggest surprise here i did not recognize it well, let's talk about Chadwick Boseman real quick before I get to this one. Chadwick Boseman plays Storm and Norman. He, uh, he doesn't appear in the present time because he died during the war. How he died, they kind of leave that out to the very end. And it is very revealing at the very end. Uh, whether I'm a mention that or not, this is a thing. Uh, this might be some spoiler alerts in here, though. But... You know, he uh, he plays kind of the, the the Optimus Prime, if you will, if, if you want to put it that way. He's the reasonable guy. He's always in control. He has his head in no matter heading uh, the game, no matter what. But he also is very conscious, he, he, despite the fact that he's in a really devastating war that he knows and understands why he is there. He understands the situations of what's going on, uh, why, you know. It from in a sense that like he's not just defending his country, but he's also understanding that they're being screwed and they're dealing with it, but they're going to handle it their own way. And part of that was taking that gold that they discovered and found and burying it to make their for their own. But his ideas was very altruistic in a sense that he wanted to give back to the community because he knew that when they get back at home. The community is still going to be screwed. They're not going to be helped. They're not going to be any resources for things. And the gold, which, by the way, each bar, according to the movie, was $45,000 a bar. And they had a bunch of them. And they were going to split it in ways. But they also wanted to make sure that, you know, Norman also wanted to make sure that it is given back to the community in some form or fashion. Like, you could take what you want, but make sure that you give back to our community and it, which was a commendable thing they kind of robin hooded the type of situation here so and when you think about it as much as it unethically is but at the same time is it's an unethical means based upon another unethical means so it's like two negatives equals a positive <laughs> when you really think about it so that's the way they took it and it's it's really interesting because when you come back home and even things today with systemic racism coming about, you do realize that we are being screwed in so many different forms and fashions as far as education, as far as job opportunities, as far as being able to build, being able to, you know, sustain a great uh, environment in, in, in our community. We're not getting it. So he knew this and he wanted to do he, he wanted to say, like, all right, we you're going to pay us for all that we've done for you for all the fighting that we do for us being the pawns in the front line for all of the you know stuff that they did in the past of rep this was reparations for them so you look at it in that respect it's like okay you see where they're going at it's not like he's going it for selfish means it's interesting um von veronica neo I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name properly, and if I'm not, forgive me, but she played uh, Hanoi Hana, which is a very significant character in this movie. She plays the, um, the I, I guess you could call her a disc jockey at a talk radio show that she does in Vietnam, but she plays a very pivotal role here and there. So um, lots of other great characters, but these are the most significant of them all. Uh, there's also some other characters that come in uh 
to the fray sooner or later, like um, Melanie Theory, who plays Hetty, uh, Paul Walter uh, Hauser, who plays Simon, Jasper Pekkonen, who plays Seppo. And he, these are like, uh, I don't want to say they're refugees, but I don't, they never really, I think that's the one thing that they don't do is they explain why those three were in Vietnam to some extent. So I got to maybe watch the movie again to figure that out, but I never got a sense as to why they were actually there. I know they were there for a purpose, um, but they don't explain what they were there for, but they somehow end up working together in this place. But the one character I do want to mention that I did not recognize and I didn't really figure out who this was until I saw the end credits was the character named DeRoche who is from none other none other than Jean Reno who I I'm not joking I have I love Jean Reno I have not seen this man in over a decade not since 2004 do you know when what the last thing I seen him in in 2004 Unimusha 3 when he appeared as a playable character in that game. That's the last time I believe, I could have sworn I've seen uh, Jean Reno. I have not seen him since. And I, I, I since that, since he appeared on there, I have not seen not one thing he was in. Uh, and I know he's played in other things. He was in Wasabi in 2001 later on, and I know he's currently in some new flicks now, but Jean Reno should have never been out of the game like that. So he's a great actor. I love Jean Reno, and I loved him in Unimusha Three. It was a him in that movie, him in that game was a huge deal back in the day, because at the time there were no actors that were playing in video games. There were no huge actors of his caliber playing in video games. Now it's normal, but back then for him to be in there and and to actually see his face and everything, so awesome. Nintendo Switch, Capcom. Get it done. We need Unimusha 2 and 3 in that game. But I digress. It's not about that right now. So let's talk about the significant moments of this movie. And we have to talk about this. This is the this is the filler of this of this uh movie right of this uh review right now. The significant moments, man, starts off hot and heavy. It starts off real in your face as raw it gives you an idea of what you're going to be getting into when we start watching this movie the movie starts off with muhammad ali in a, in a 1978 interview as he talks about why he declined to fight in the vietnam war which is historically known at the time and they put they sent him to jail because you know the draft was there they wanted to draft they wanted to draft him this is a celebrity which they don't do now. They like they don't force celebrities to do a damn thing, and it might have to do with what he's done. So he's a celebrity. He has defended his title forever. He was undefeated. You know, greatest of all time. Beat Superman's ass. That's how famous he is. I mean, fictionally, but for them to allow him to beat up Superman speaks volumes, because. Superman, even though he was an alien, he was the great right hope to most Americans. He beat the if you don't if you, if you don't think I'm lying, look it up, find it. It's possibly in the DC Universe app. I gotta find it if it is, but it's in there. I think I actually have a copy of the original, but I've read it. He got his ass handed to him once the Red Sun hit. So again, I digress. But Muhammad Ali talks about why he. Uh, declined declined the draft from the vietnam war and he's he was saying you know 
they didn't, you know, why am I going to a war to kill people who didn't call him, you know, the N word, who didn't lynch him, who didn't, who never robbed him of his nationality? He makes a great point. He makes a great point. Uh, I love this film, too, because I'm watching it. It's, it's on my screen right now, but they talk about Christmas addicts um, as well. I mean, they go into history and mention a lot of other, you know, monumental and iconic black figures and 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 that has graced our country in here as well. Um, this is followed by the music of Marvin Gaye's Inner City Blues. And this is a timeless song that keeps becoming relevant every single year, every single day and every single hour of our lives. Because the subject matter of that song still lives today. You could play the song during the Black Lives Matter movement right now. You could play it during the Rodney King, you know, uh, riots. You could do it in so many ways. It's, I mean, dating back to Emmett Till, uh, which, God, if you guys, any, let me tell you now, any person outside of my community, any non-black person who doesn't know about our history and is wanting to learn about our history, let me give you the first big thing you should look at when it comes to the face of evil and how ugly racism is. Go read about, learn about, find footage Find pictures of Emmett Till and what they did to that young man. And that'll tell you right there what we're trying to avoid today. Learn about the history. Learn about all of the history. Not just your history and not his story. All of history. And that'll tell you right there. I'm really surprised that they didn't show that footage or image on air. It's just it's just unbelievable then we see also see a picture that shows a black man holding up a sign that says well first of all before we get to that point as we see as we hear the music of inner city blues we also see footage of you know black gi's soldiers in the vietnam war and then follows by different you know moments in history and Soldiers and while we're soldiers in a war, we get we see people like Neil Armstrong land on the moon in 1969. Uh, there is also a picture of a uh, that shows a black man holding up a sign that says $12 a day to feed an astronaut. We can feed a starving child for eight. How about that? <laughs> There's also an, an, another interview with uh, civil rights activist Malcolm X in july of uh, 1962 who says when you take 20 million black people and make them fight all of your wars and pick all of their cotton and you never give them any real compensation, or i'm sorry recompense uh sooner or later their allegiance towards you is going to wear thin and wouldn't that do that for anybody is i mean and, and if you take it in a business sense if you if you'd like truly from a business sense, you work for somebody or you work with somebody and you have a contract that wants, that gives you the following request that you want in that contract and you don't abide by that contact uh, by that contract, you breach the contract and thereby giving people a reason to resent you, a reason to deflect from you, a reason to end the relationship with you. 
cause and effect right here. This then leads to a to some of the most gratuitous acts of violence from the Vietnam War as we as well as American protests from people speaking out against the Vietnam War during the Democratic Convention of 1968, Kent State University in 1970, Jackson State University, along with people dying, being put on fire, children murdered and mutilated, and bodies everywhere in Vietnam due to the orders of the presidents of that era. We then see footage of both President Lyndon B. Johnson and President Nixon resigning from office after their actions. We also see Bobby Seale explain uh, that every time black people have been sent to war uh, since from dating from the Civil War to the Vietnam War, we were promised our freedom. And each time our pro- that promise has been broken. Uh there also is a part in there that I uh, forgot to mention uh, footage from that uh, led to the iconic and legendary political activist Angela Davis, who said, if we link up, if, uh, if, if the link up is not made between what's happening in Vietnam and what's happening uh, here, we may face a real period of fascism, of fascism uh, very soon. Does any of that not sound very relevantly familiar of what's going on today? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it. They were, that was, that scene could not be unseen. Those scenes cannot be unseen, and it was done for a reason. It was letting you know what you're about to witness is not for the weak at heart, but is also need to be seen. This is, and also, compare and contrast what is going on today, and I can tell you, the question begs after watching this movie, after watch, after listening to what they had to say and what they'd gone through and, you know, the everything that's happened afterwards. Um, what has really changed? What has really, really changed? Like, thank goodness we don't have people being set on fire to some extent. And it was it was really, really heartbreaking to see children, children in Vietnam, doesn't matter where they are, children with burns in their bodies and set on fire and running nakedly in the fields to run from cover and shots and, and, and pictures of kids being shot up multiple times in the face and stuff like that. It's, it is heartbreaking. It is beyond, it, it, I can't even say heartbreaking. That's not even a word. And this is done in the orders of our country to take out any and all. Send our black asses over there and then bring us back and treat it like and treat it like stray dogs. I would say stray dogs got better treatment than that, in a sense. All this all this is currently still going on and this needs to end. Although this film was fil- was uh, although this was filmed before, way before the events of George Floyd's uh, passing and, and lynching, I would say I want to say death lynching, uh, modern day lynching, which included the protests, riots, and Trump's order to bring the National Guards to attack peaceful protesters. Those who have watched this movie can't help to think that how relevant this movie is 
brilliantly relevant. The scene, another really interesting role, and this is why I, you know, was talking about Otis a while back, was the scene uh, where Otis visits his old young flame, or I guess she was said to be a prostitute at the time, but he kind of, you know, caught feelings uh, to her. Uh, Tin Lu, he, uh, he visited only to discover during their, during them having a rekindling dinner that her daughter appears uh, in the name of Michonne, Played by Sandy Hung Pham, uh, who obviously, like you, the minute that she stepped in the camera, in front of the camera, right in between uh, TM and Otis, this is a beautifully, this is a beautiful half black, half, I've, I believe she is rather Vietnamese. No, I believe she's Vietnamese uh, woman. Obviously, the, the, the pigmentation was like there. It was like I, it was. I love the scene because you just knew right then and there who she was to Otis. And Otis, his reaction was priceless. It was. I think anybody, anybody that would have went through the same thing or been in his shoes would have had that same reaction. He couldn't even get it out. He drank a whole entire glass of red wine, rebottled it up, and like just trying to place it all in. And she, the sad part was that she was explaining to him that she couldn't tell him why she couldn't tell him and why they couldn't reveal why because of the times, because of who he was, and you know, the people in Vietnam knew it was happening. But if they found out that she was the daughter of a black man that would have caused so much friction with her so that she you know tian fought really hard to make sure that she didn't have to deal with all that and she survived any way she possibly could so that was a really interesting scene i really liked that scene a lot um and then we oh my god and then we get to uh honoi hana who was the dj like i mentioned uh, on the talk show who constantly you know, she was the uh, Good Morning, like the Robin Williams character who played Good Morning Vietnam. You know, just keeping up with the news of what's going on, keeping people informed. Especially for some reason, the infantry, which was you know led by the Five Bloods, and letting them know what was going on in the U.S. while they were there fighting against her country. It was that scene. I think, and I've read online. I read online that that scene really stuck with a lot of people who watched and reviewed this as well. It it, it, it was a really great moment because it, she then kind of made a speech. First of all, she provided the unfortunate news regarding the death of Martin Luther King uh, while they were there, you know, in their country killing it, uh, their people for the for the United States. And it then also led to her saying the following things, which this was just one of them. But she also went really deeper after this. But um, she went down. She went off to say, like, and in these exact words, "Black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here to and and order you to die without the faintest idea of what's going on?" And she informed them that, like, while you're here, kill, and it's funny. This this the very scene is coming on right now on my screen. It's so awesome because she's in there reciting, you know, reporting all the news while this general or whoever is right next to her. And they're just finding out that they, you know, the president, I mean, uh, Martin Luther King has died. This is coming on right now. This is amazing. Great timing on that part. And 
she's explaining to him like while you're here fighting for your country your people are being mute are being assassinated and beaten and brutalized and i think this was the part where which led to them saying they're going to take the gold save it come back four years later and give back and this was such a great scene spike was i he he does this a lot and it's this is beyond art this is so beyond art at this point and it's 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 unbelievable the 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 paint the picture that he paints on the canvas on a digital canvas is just amazing and she reminded him like you know why your group is fighting our country here for what reason we don't know and you can see look at the face look at the disdain in their faces right now and they're just they're they're wondering why they're there right now unbelievable scene and she follows it by dedicating a song to them as a way of telling them that she and the country are not the real enemy. Boom. <laughs> How about that? The use of Marvin Gaye in this uh, movie, spot on, spot on, spot on. Very well. In particular, scenes including uh, the slow burn leading to uh, this is going to be a spoiler moment right here definitely uh the slow burn leading to paul's uh death by the hands of mercenaries who we later find out was hired by de roche or aka jean or jean renault himself who set the men up from the get-go and they kind of knew that it was going to be a setup and and in fact was and uh to find the rest of the gold it you know they kind of knew this that this also led to the scene where we see Paul have visions of Stormy Norman all through the movie. He keeps talking about, he sees ghosts and this is why David, his son came with him because of the PTSD issues uh, and that he has and at the times that he gets triggered by him. He wanted to make sure that he was going to be okay. And their relationship was off and on because of the PTS uh, episodes that Paul was having. And, you know, there's times where he would resent Paul, I mean, he re- resent uh, his son, uh, and David knew what was going on. He, David fully understood every single time what was going on, that everything that he did wasn't by his means. It was PTSD. But then there were really heartfelt times that Paul shared with uh, David saying, you know, you know, I really love you. And but for years, for since his childhood and because of what he went through, he couldn't be a good a a father that he wanted him to be i don't want to say good father he couldn't be the father that he wanted him to be because of the issues and the mental health issues that he was bearing and you got to remember at that time none of us no no black people has ever gone to see a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist even for that matter um because that wasn't that not only was something that we thought about in our community but also, that was something that like we couldn't have even afford. That we that was some of the things that were that weren't given to us. That we, there weren't we didn't have those options like we kind of do now. Like we're starting to have now. Like people are Taraji P Henson. Shout out to her because her organization is providing therapy for black men during this time. Thank you, 
Thank you, Taraji. Thank you for that. Because of situations like this, because of uh, systemic racism, you know, that we've all of us is going through as some form or fashion. She knows it. And David knew it. And this is why he stuck by him through the whole entire thing. He also had to go against him in certain situations as well. But it's all a part of the process. I mean, if you've never, he pretty much is his caregiver. And again, I've worked for the Alzheimer's Association, so I understand caregivers, which is usually family, or in some cases, friends, is not an easy job at all, especially if, you got, if you're helping people with PTSD or in some cases, Alzheimer's or any dementia-related situations. It's not an easy thing to do. So, Paul, you know, David understood. And, and of course, this is modern times. So, I mean, which, what they're happening is, is today. So, he had to deal with these issues, especially when Paul was really having an issue with you know, the guy who was trying to sell him a chicken, uh, you know, why they were selling it. And it just triggered him in such a big way. And they had to try to calm him down. He had to, you know, there was really great moments of them, you know, coming together as a family, as a unit. But then there was also dissension as well. And a lot of it had to do with Paul because Paul's situation and his demons that he was dealing with, one of which was Storm and Norman. And in the last scene, we see Stormin and him, a vision of Stormin come in, and then we see Chadwick Boseman as Stormin Norman open up his shirt to find out that he has a hole, a bullet hole, big bullet hole in there, which then you kind of figure out, oh, damn, Paul was the reason why he died, and it, was, it wasn't on purpose. So they do show the scene in there where he shoots him on per, uh, you know, by mistake, and it was just a, uh, a straight bullet. They kind of hit him and he didn't realize he was in there. And, you know, he's that stuck with him. That stuck with him forever. And this was unfortunate because I guess he at least come to terms with it before he was taken down by the mercenaries that uh, DeRoach came in. And that was just it. I mean, the rest of the film, it gets really uh, deep and intrigued and not everybody makes it out. I'm not even I, I, I mentioned some, but I haven't mentioned all there I will say this. There are people who will not make it back to this at the, by the end of this movie. So I will leave that for you because it, it, it ends as badly as you would expect. But then there's also some good that comes out of it at the end. So I won't spoil that for you. But I will tell you that overall, this movie was absolutely sensational. And normally I don't I, I watch movies like this before and normally I don't like to watch movies like this but this the character the, the character development and the story and the narrative was so good i wouldn't mind watching this again i wouldn't I, now i wouldn't watch this say like i would any of the marvel movies but i feel like every once in a while i can look at this or maybe watch it with somebody who doesn't understand certain things this is a great movie to really point to people like you want to know some of the things that black people have gone through especially black men have gone through watch this and then also it tells you it, it goes sends you a brief history lesson of a lot of things that makes you think why is this still going on why is all this still going on why do we have a president right now who's doing the same things that we're doing back in the 60s leading into the 70s we were supposed to be learning from this. And you know the saying, 
those who forget the past are deemed to re- uh, to repeat the fu- in the future or something to that na- uh, nature. We have failed. We have failed in such a way. And we've taken things for granted in such a way. All of us. That we have led to this situation happening. Breonna Taylor, the George, George Floyd's, Ahmaud Aubrey, and just recently, the gentleman who lost his life to the cops at a Wendy's. That same Wendy's that they burned down, by the way. We've all failed. Rather, as people who don't understand our culture, to our culture, not fighting enough, in a sense. And there's some out there, but it's not enough in some form or fashion. And it just reminds us that we failed. But with that said, it doesn't mean that it's, it's all, it's the end. We know this now. We see this now. All of us have seen this now. There's no turning away from the fact that we haven't seen this now and everything. Not the movie. I'm talking about the real world events. And now is our time to really make the change, to really put in the effort. And I'm hoping to see that. It's June right now. Let's see how the re- the other half of the uh, year is going to uh, happen. It's now or never, and now and forever. And we need to make this change. And thank you to Spike Lee and everybody involved and all the cast who is involved in this movie for being brutally honest of everything that has happened in this movie and everything that is in accordance with what's going on today. Once again, thank you, Spike Lee. This movie gets an A+. This movie should be nominated for Movie of the Year or Best Picture or Best Movie. These guys deserve it. And by God, with all the change happening, the Grammys, the Emmys, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, the Golden Globes, get it together, man. There's been some great films forever done by us and maybe for us, but it should be for you as well. You shouldn't have separated yourself from it. We don't separate it from yours. So Spike and and, and, and people in this movie deserve to be awarded for this. And I know there's going to be some other films. We're still half around. And hell, we don't even know if it's going to be an award ceremony of any type this year. But if we're trying to make change, that is another aspect that needs to be made change. If we don't, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. And trust me, one of my favorite songs from Public Enemy featuring Ice Cube and uh, Big Daddy Kane. Burn Hollywood Burn. <laughs> Check it out. Folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to this and every episode that we have on this show. Thank you to the new listeners on our Podbean, uh, on our Podbean uh you know station um as well we got a lot of new listeners thanks to pop bean and uh they featured us on 
our show on air on air uh, feature podcast list. And thank you so very much for that. Um, normally, this is a show that talks about all things anime, comics, movies, games. Well, guess what? This is a movie. We're going to talk about this. If it's a movie that is worth talking about, we're going to talk about it. It's not just all are going to be fun and games all the time. I love my Marvel shows and my Marvel movies and action movies and stuff like that. But when you get something this significant, it has to be talked about. And by God, this was so worth talking about it. So um, thank you so very much. You can follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher uh, Radio, Podbean, as I mentioned, Pocket Cast, and all Amazon devices as well. But also, you can check out the official website at talktimelive.com where you can talk, see all of the uh, episodes there and listen to the, all the episodes there, but also our exclusive inter- interviews on our exclusive page. You could click on that, or if you want to go directly to that, you could type in talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive. Check it out there. Um, next week, I believe. Not making any promises, but I believe Knives Out will be the movie that I will check out. Uh, And then down the line, I'm going to do uh, an episode, if not before Knives Out or after Knives Out. I'm probably going to do Kaneko Man, but I think I might be after Knives Out because I'm still there's some still some episodes I want to check out. And there is some uh, other things I want to check out, too. But um, it's going to be a really interesting episode for you anime fans. So stay tuned for that as well. But Knives Out may be the movie that I'm going to pick next week because I always I really want to see it, but I never went to the movies to see it. So but I felt like it was more important to talk about the blood, uh, the five bloods as it premieres um, this recently. So uh, definitely go out of your way to check all of that out. And thank you for uh, supporting and keep supporting, keep spreading the word again. Thank you to the entire uh, team of Reed Pop and Keystone Comic Con. Uh, you guys have been great, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and working with you guys and being a part of uh, 2021 with you all, God willing. So, thank you guys so very much. Uh, that'll do it. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, Learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of air. People, keep fighting for equality and peace. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.